The following podcast is brought to you by the Franchise Network. Make sure to tune in every single time. Are you ready? What up, geeks, fanboys, fangirls, otakus? Uh, welcome to, welcome back to another episode of the Talking Pop. It's the podcast that focuses on all pop culture news, pretty much whatever goes on in my life and my brother's life. I am, as always, I'm your host, Alfonso Bergen. For those who know me, I'm go by as the franchise, and usually by my size, my brother Pico. But today, pretty much, I'm solo today. He's working today, so yeah, our schedule is kind of different. So, you know, it's been a while since our last podcast. We talked about the Avengers Infinity War review. Um, this is episode 14. Um, if you guys went on Podbean, you know the episode order is kind of whack right now. But just to let you know, this is episode 14 of The Talking Pop. And pretty much I'm coming to you live from my new headquarters. Basically, um, if you're not seeing my vlog, I pretty much recently moved about May 20th. I moved from my parents' home. So, yeah, the geek layer has been changed. But looking around, I I did some kind of decoration over here in the living room. I'm actually recording in my living room right now, basically on this big, black, beautiful couch, which pretty much will serve purpose for my vlogs and podcasts. Um, pretty much, um, it's stacked out. I got a couple of Deadpool posters. I got one right behind me. I got the map of the known world from Game of Thrones. I got some sports stuff hanging up here, and I do get some stuff, too. I got a picture of me and my brother at C2E2 about 2016, where I took a picture with CM Punk from WWE and UFC. Um, pretty much, I got a Bears poster. I mean, pretty much, I want to let you guys know. Yeah, I changed headquarters. I decided to move, and pretty much, it. I feel a little better. You know, I do miss my parents a little bit, but just you know, it's like they were supportive of the move. Me and my brother going through this. Um, and like I said, we need a place to grow and pretty much focus on you know doing the vlogs and focus on a better environment to be able to record a podcast. Um, speaking of which, like I said, it's been a while since um. I talked. Um, like I said, uh, past few weeks, uh, we saw me and my brother went to go see uh, Ant-Man the Wasp. Of course, Comic-Con happened about a weekend ago. Um, and, of course, all the big thing about, you know, James Gunn being fired from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 due to the tweets that resurfaced from 2009. But, you know, someone that apparently he offended. But, like I said... Uh, he's getting a lot of support and, you know, from, you know, people he directed. But like I said, it's that age where you got to watch out what you say because, you know, anything you say could offend the wrong person. So, like I said, if you're going to be social media in, please choose your words wisely. I'm giving you a fair warning. Choose your words wisely when you're trying to give an opinion. I know we got freedom of speech, but I'm just saying be careful. Other than that, today I'm just going to talk about pretty much, you know, what I've been reading. Um... Playing-wise, I've been playing Octopath Traveler. If you guys have not picked it up, definitely recommend If you've got a Nintendo Switch, you're a big fan of JRPGs, def- definitely pick up Octopath Traveler. I've been playing right now. I started as Brick right now. I'm looking at Trusted Story right now, but I took my time because I want to go over this pretty much thing. I want to recommend you guys, manga. Pretty much, uh, people are... When I talk about manga, people are like, what is that? You know, um, they may think, oh, anime. No. Anime is pretty much... an Yes, it comes from Japan, but that's more of an animated form. Manga pretty much is what we call over here like a graphic novel. Um, pretty much mangas begin pretty much as, you know, chapter stories in magazines, you know, Shonen Jump in Japan. 
or Shuenza, also known over here as Shonen Jump. And pretty much each chapter is published weekly or monthly. And pretty much, you know, once, you know, it becomes popular, you know, then eventually that manga pretty much focuses on getting, you know, a lot of fan support. Because over there in Japan, it's completely different when it comes to manga. For people that want to, you know, be a manga artist, be a writer, artist, you know, it takes a lot of, like, hard work and dedication and also passion. Because if you're writing something or drawing something you want to talk about, definitely, you know, it's to get into a business is kind of hard because you got to know your know-how. You got to come up with a story, a concept. Um, pretty much, you know, you got to meet the right publisher, and the publisher puts you in the magazine. That's up to the fans to decide because what it, what each magazine does, what the each um, shonen magazine does is um, it'll send a pretty much like a survey card, and pretty much the fans, you know, check it off what they liked, which chapter did they like. If they liked it, you know, keeps going out for another week, and so on, so on to the point it gets real popper. Then they get gets collected into a graphic novel type form. This is like 12 chapters or 4 chapters, 4 long chapters, and it becomes a volume and becomes known as manga. And pretty much, you know, it goes out there. And of course, you know, manga, you know, I never came across with it until I would say about now. I've been collecting manga for about 8 years now. Um, I started back in 2010 because I went to a Borders bookstore. Yeah, that's how old I am, Borders. Um, pretty much um, came in and, you know, I remember watching anime back then. You know, Dragon Ball was one of my first animes that I came across. And I was kind of curious because people were like, have you read the manga Dragon Ball? Because you just watched the anime. So I'm like, oh, right, I'm going to go. I'll bite. I'm going to go check it out. So I went to Borders and pretty much, you know, walked to the shelf. And there it was. I uh, picked up the first volume of Dragon Ball. You know, it was done, written and drawn by, of course, the famous Akira Toriyama, who's known for the series and also known as for Dr. Slump. And, of course, recently I'm um, writing Dragon Ball Super. And, of course, he did game designs for Dragon Quest and pretty much other games he did game designs for. Um, yeah, so I picked up Volume 1 of Dragon Ball and pretty much started reading it. And, you know, getting used to the whole, you know, in, Jap- in Japan they read from right to left. And manga is pretty much you start with the right panel and work your way left all the way down and then to the next page. So basically it was on the opposite end. So it's, instead of opening the book from the right, you open from the left. So that was something to get used to, but as soon as I, lucky for each each manga in the last page on the front, oh well, they're back, it gives you instructions on how you properly read a manga, so that kind of helped me out. So yeah, so I read, you know, Dragon Ball, and just got hooked and collecting manga, so every single time I got paid, so I went to go to the bookstore and pick up the next volume, you know, and just start reading I'm like, and problem is, like, the good thing about this. It's like, you know, this was before we got Crunch, well, Cruncher was so limited and, you know, Hulu was still in its infant stages. This was kind of like my gateway to anime and to return to anime, basically. Because I started watching a few of them, but pretty much, um, like Cowboy Bebop and stuff, I know that was like an original work. It wasn't a manga. Because like I said, a lot of animes are usually drawn, usually original works are usually drawn from like light novels and manga. Like I said, if a manga becomes popular and usually... After two years, it gets like made into an anime and pretty much just an adaptation of the manga itself. Usually, the creator is usually the producer, and you like an executive producer and associate producer, and pretty much gives the feedback and see if they liked it or not. You know, they get to see you know the scripts. You know, is there are they adapting their work right? So yeah, back to that, back to Dragon Ball. So yeah, I started collecting the volumes. I didn't realize you know 
when I got to like the last volume of Dragon Ball, and then I saw Dragon Ball Z was the next one. I'm like, okay. And but of course, in the book itself, it said originally in Japan, it was just released as one single thing as Dragon Ball. But here in the U.S., you know, just give give a different um, coincide. Yeah, it was Dragon Ball Z because. You know, but in Japan, we just know as Dragon Ball. But over here, we just know as Dragon Ball Z because you know Goku's older, he has a kid, you know he's married. So I read that manga and I got hooked. And all of a sudden, you know, I started getting hooked to manga. It's really cool. And then the next one. So when I went to that, you know, I read the whole thing, um, and I realized, you know, Dragon Ball Z, just like in the manga, they stopped after the Majin Buu saga. So Toriyama stopped. Of course, that reminds me, what about Dragon Ball GT? When I just found out about Dragon Ball GT, it's not canon. It was an original work. Toriyama had no um, involvement in it because Toei had the rights to the Toei Animation, had the rights to the Dragon Ball series. They decided to do the original animation. So Toriyama never got, uh, like, he pretty much had no involvement with it, but the problem was it was all on rights. So basically, you know, I didn't realize so that, you know, now Dragon Ball Super came out and now Dragon Ball Super was canon. So that actually took place after Dragon Ball Z. So pretty much GT was not considered canon. Same thing with those original movies. Like, you know, when anime gets um, original movies, usually it's with characters are not in the main work. So that's why, you know, when you see anime movies, they'll add original characters that you probably will never see in the anime. So maybe from a video game, possibly, you know, sometimes, you know, you get, like anime gets like, made as a video game, you know, due to the popularity, so it's interesting, you know, how manga is, you know, you know, it's black and white, you know, but the artwork is phenomenal, you know, you know, even adapting, you know, translating from a Japanese language to English, you know, they did a good job, you know, translating the words that the artist was trying to attend, and, you know, it was really interesting, you know, seeing all the jokes in there, but basically, you know, it was an interesting series, so I read that, the next one I ended up drive diving into was Naruto, Naruto was my second manga I started collecting, and problems with Naruto, I didn't realize, Naruto came out like in 2009, or 2007 or 9, I believe, no, it came out earlier, I believe, and I didn't start reading it until like, you know, like I said, no, I think I started reading Naruto, no, I started collecting manga, sorry guys, I'm trying to remember, it was a long time ago. I started reading manga about two, yeah, about 2005, I believe, yes. Um, because Naruto was around since 2002. I didn't get into the Naruto manga until like a few years later, about 2007, which already they were going to start going into the, you know, um, Shippuden arc. Um, and I realized, you know, I need to catch up. So I was watching the anime, but at the same time reading the manga. Because I realized, you know, in anime, they add like filler episodes because when I was reading the manga and then I was watching the episode, it was like, Hey, this character's not in the manga. You know, this story, this arc never happened. What's going on? What I found out was, in the manga, like, they try to keep true to manga, but the problem is in the manga, the character's at one point in point A, and the next chapter, they're already at point B. So they never give you an idea how did it get there right away. So that's why when anime, like Dragon Ball Z, had that with fillers. Um, for example, when, uh... Um, when Goku was on Dragon Road and pretty much, you know, he was at the beginning, but like a few chapters later, he was already, you know, close to King Kai's place. And of course, in the manga, he was already in King Kai's place. But of course, in the anime, to make, to show the transition, how Goku got, you know, the beginning of Snake Road, all the way to like the end of Snake Road near King Kai's place, they decided to do a couple filler episodes just to help bridge the gap, which means they added like original characters, 
who were like either designed by the manga artist or pretty much shown to the manga artist to get his his or hers approval, and it pretty much you know they added like filler episodes just to you know fill the void to show hey how do you start from here and now all of a sudden he got there but they want to you know try to stretch out the season let's you know add a couple of filler arcs just to help ease that transition and of course Naruto had a few you know filler arcs that pretty much never took place in the manga but pretty much you know help explain you know, how did he get from point A and now is all point B but like I said the manga was really good Naruto so I kept reading that even to the point when Shippuden came out I started reading you know I still kept collecting Naruto but the cool thing about Naruto it just stays Naruto in the manga you know they didn't update the name but pretty much you know what you read in the manga was wonderfully adapted in the anime of course the Shippuden did have some fillers uh, but overall you know when they when Naruto ended you know it was sad you know I, you know I read, got the last volume so I got all volumes of Naruto I was like 70 something volumes of Naruto and of course I got the one that you know um, that Sushi Tishimoto made um, was Seven Hokage in the Scarlet Spring of course introduces you know Naruto as the Seven Hokage and pretty much he's helping out with us. It's all focused on Sakura's um, daughter, um, Sarada, who's trying to find out if something, you know, Sasuke was was a real dad. Um, and of course, this was before you know Baruto was announced. And eventually, and of course, they you know they had the movies. You know, Naruto had like three movies when it was originally Naruto, and then they had like a few movie, like five or six movies when he was older. And of course, they made Baruto the movie, which pretty much. You know, focus on the old Naruto son, Baruto. And of course, they end up coming out with the series, which is currently going on right now. Baruto Naruto Next Generations for focuses on Baruto and his friends. And of course, that's pretty much, you know, an original work. Um, Kishimoto is uh, like the producer of the show. And of course, um, they decide to do a manga adaptation of it. But the funny thing is, the manga, like the anime, the first like 10 or 12 or like 40 episodes takes place before the manga manga was made after Baruto in the movie so that's kind of interesting and of course uh, Kishimoto was just supervising the story but he had like his own artists and writers doing it for him but the other manga you know just to off from Naruto the other manga I, never, I got into too was Full Metal Alchemist you know I watched the original anime but I decided you know what I'm going to check out the manga and then when I read the manga and compare it to the first anime based on Full Alchemist, I was like completely different because I was expecting Dante to be there, but no, or Rose being the one of the main factors. Not really. Because in the manga, Rose hardly made an appearance. She made an appearance in a few episodes, and that was it. She hardly made any appearance at all. In the manga, you had other characters which I wasn't familiar with. It wasn't that years later they decided to come out with Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. And, of course, before I get into that, basically what happened was when they made the first adaptation of Film Alchemist, the manga artist, she was still writing and drawing the manga. So, basically, the studio who did it didn't have an idea, you know, how the, how they wanted to end it. So, they ended up, you know, because the, manga, the anime was doing faster and was outpacing the manga, they decided, you know what, we're going to come up with an original character and change up the arc and everything. And, of course, if I don't want to spoil the the ending of that original series, I definitely recommend you guys check that out. Um, pretty much, you know, once you know the manga artist finished up from Alchemist, you know, they end up coming out with Brotherhood, which pretty much became the true adaptation of the manga itself. Which, believe me, if you're a full Metal Alchemist fan, definitely recommend you see that. I would read the manga first and then watch the anime, so you can see how truly they were, truly the studio was able to try, adapt what they when the manga artist wrote and drew. And how it will look animated. So I got that. Um, another one I had to go and pick it up too for manga wise was Death Note. 
Yeah, of course, you know, Death Note was uh, something, you know, I never got into Death Note at first. You know, my cousin, she lives in Mexico, and pretty much she's a big anime fan like me. And she was a big fan of Death Note, and she told me, you know, definitely check it out. Read the manga. It's really awesome. So I read the manga. I enjoyed it, you know, 12 volumes, and it was awesome, you know, it was short, you know, 12 volumes, and, you know, simple story about, you know, a kid named Light Yagami who finds his death note, who's dropped by, who's dropped by a Shinigami, who is pretty much like a death spirit, and pretty much basically the rules of death note, the person who you write the name of will die, and you have to, you know, will die, but you have to, you know, write the way they die, if you don't write anything specific, they just simply die from a heart attack, and, you know, Light Yagami comes, you know, like a justice, you know, he tries to take out all the bad people, and of course, you know, the world's like, Japan is basically freaking out, you know, what's going on, so they get this big, famous, international detective known simply as hell. I don't want to go too much to the plot, because I want you guys to read the manga, definitely check out the anime, um, of course, you know, they made live-action movies based on it, of course, there's the Japanese ones, I believe it's a Japanese series right now, currently on Crunchyroll, that's a live-action series based on Death Note, I haven't seen it, but I heard it's really good. Um, and, of course, we had the American version on Netflix. Don't get me wrong. It was an okay adaptation. People are, like, criticizing, why is Light White and why is L African-American? Hey, this was an American interpretation. People don't realize this is an adaptation. Adaptation means is, yeah, you're adapting the premise, but at the same time, you're pretty much, you know, yeah, you'll have the characters, but if you want to make, like, your own vision, just do it. But, of course, you have the purists out there, you know, they'll... You can never satisfy anybody, especially, you know, compared to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's like, you know, why is, you know, Nick Fury this? Why is Captain America different? You know, why is why is this all changed? People realize this is an interpretation, you know. In the comics, you know, there's multiple universes, different versions of each character. You guys got to deal, everyone's got to deal with it, you know. And, of course, you know, it was awesome seeing Willem Dafoe as the voice of Ryuk. I wish they would have shown his face. But he did a good job. I mean, the movie was okay. You know, for an American adaptation, it was okay. And the anime, I would definitely recommend anime over the movie. But, of course, like I said, read the manga first. So, I ended up doing that. And then, all of a sudden, I found out that the creators of Death Note, I also wrote um, uh, another manga. I ended up picking up also called Bakuman. And Bakuman pretty much is about two high school boys. Um, pretty much to me in high school. And, um... They decided, you know, one's a good, like, artist, like, he's an aspiring artist, the other's a good writer, he has good grades, like, in literature and all that stuff, and they decided to go ahead and, um, and create a manga, and pretty much the creators of Bakuman decided, you know what, let's show the world, you know, show the public how the whole manga creation process takes place, which is kind of cool, because it's kind of like, breaks kind of like the fourth wall, because then they're taking, like, their characters. I don't know if they base these characters off of them, but they gave a good original story. It's kind of like a romantic... Like, there's some romance in it. There's some comedy in it. But pretty much gives you the details of how to get into the manga business. Basically, how, you know, the trials and tribulations you have to go through just to get a work published or get a work, you know, made into an anime. You know, it takes a lot of hard work. I definitely recommend reading it. It's awesome. And, you know, it's a long... I think it was about 28 volumes, 25 volumes, I believe. And I believe the anime adaptation of it is on Hulu. But they kind of rushed it because there's, like, more stuff in the manga. And I guess the way this was, they changed a few things just to make it go faster. Because usually, sometimes, depending on the studio, they don't want to drag out the story longer up. Versus, you know, other studios that say, hey, let's do the whole thing. I mean, it's up to, you know, the studio, the animation studio that decides, you know, do we want to adapt this thing fully 
all the way, or do we want to shorten it? Like I said, do I want to make it just 26 episodes, or do you just want to do just two seasons? It's like up to the heads. It's basically up to the main publisher because the publisher itself still has rights to that, you know, manga work, so they have to go with them. So even though like animation studios work, they still have to report to the publisher. Of course, um, the editor of you know the manga artist. You know each manga artist gets their own editor, and pretty much you know it's basically like your mentor or you know your critic. You're like your first critic, and pretty much if you need to make a change, you got to make a change. You know compromise. So yeah, I read that. It was fucking awesome. You know, it gave me a good idea how you know the manga business was and how tough it is because like I said, it's all based on you know what the fans you know enjoy. Versus here in the U.S. compared to comic books, to American comic books, you know, it's all about the publisher just decides, you know what, we're not going to do it anymore. It's not the, but based on what the fan feedback is, which I wish they would have done something like that. It's all about, you know, the rights holder. Like, you mean, I collected Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, from the Archer series since the beginning. And, of course, I was devastated when, decided, when the Sega decided, you know what, we're going to end our Green World Archie and pretty much ended the series on a cliffhanger. Because they were adapting the Sonic CD arc and pretty much, you know, they pretty much ended it right there. I was disappointed, but of course, you know, Sega, IDW stepped up and ended up getting the rights. And of course now, they got the Sonic reboot, which pretty much takes place at the Sonic Forces. And pretty much, you know, I'm, I've been reading that. It's actually not bad because they brought Ian Flynn in the Dependent series. And, you know, I, I remember from his Archie days and he's a great writer when it comes to, you know grasping that character Sonic and you know going to that so definitely recommend that it's published by IDW they release it every month um definitely recommend that um jumping back to manga so after that um I end up getting you know after Bakuman and I'm coming across you know one of the big popular things that you could find in Hot Topic or you know you could probably recognize the symbol or something on Titan. So I ended up picking up Attack on Titan. <laughs> so I started reading Attack on Titan next, before the anime. I'd never watched the anime. It was out for a while, and people were like, you know, have you checked out this show called Attack on Titan? Never did. I never even existed. So I was I was in a bookstore. It was a different bookstore. Of course, Borders went out of business at this time, so I was at Barnes & Noble. And I'm showing seeing this. I'm like, hmm, Attack on Titan. People keep talking about it. You know what? I'm going to check out the manga. Definitely recommended the manga. Um, I started watch, I started reading the manga. Right now it's up to 25 volumes currently, and I started reading it. Still collecting it now. And, yeah, and I started watching the anime, and it was surprising that, you know, they changed a lot from it. Um, I was expecting certain things from the manga to be in the anime, but it's completely different. Right now I'm rewatching the anime because right now Season 3 just released. So I'm pretty much curious to see how they adapt that arc. Um, it's really interesting, the manga's really interesting, like, the art style is completely different compared to the anime, so the anime is more colorful, you know, the females have, like, you know, like, kind of almost look like they have makeup or something, just the way they're drawn, and I was like, wow, I mean, I'm watching the first few episodes, like, like I said, I'm re-watching the dub, I'll get, I'll touch base to that as soon as I finish my whole manga, it's like, this is a, this is a whole manga anime episode, so... Yes, I am an anime nerd. I did the one on anime, but like I said, I'm comparing manga and anime. So this is a comparison between manga and anime. So I'll get to the anime part of each work. So yeah, so I started reading Attack on Titan. I'm still collecting it. Um, another one I picked up too was Blue Exorcist. Um, Blue Exorcist is awesome. You know, it follows a kid named Reno Komura and his brother. And pretty much they're kind of like fraternal twins or identical twins. I'm, I think they're more like fraternal. And pretty much um, Rin ends up becoming, he's technically the son of Satan. 
But the cool thing about it is he wants to be exorcist. He wants to, his goal is to defeat Satan. And of course, that of course it was adapted to an anime. Um, right now, I do believe right now it's going into volume twenty now, so the manga is still going. But the anime, pretty much, you know, you know, it pretty much, you know, changed a little bit just to finish it off, which kind of sucked because they pretty much changed it. They didn't want to like go beyond you know twenty six episodes. Then all of a sudden they decided, you know what, we're gonna. Um, people were disappointed because they didn't like adapt this famous arc, which was Kyoto, the Kyoto Saga. But of course, um, the studio who did it, um, Aniplex, decided they didn't want to disappoint, so end up having the guy end up getting the same voice actors, same Japanese voice actors, voice actors, and the original English voice actors to come and you know do the. They end up adapting the Kyoto Saga and slowly tried that, and it was awesome. You know, they did a good job, and they actually followed true to the manga on that part. So Blue Exorcist, I'm still collecting that. It's still going on, um, and of course, um, there's some some mangas that you know. I'm also, the other one I'm also collecting now is, um, My Hero Academia. And I can go on and on about My Hero Academia. I'm just going to save that for the tail end of the podcast. I'm going to talk about My Hero Academia. I'll, I'll save that for the, fi- like, the last part of the podcast. I'll talk about My Hero Academia because I'm, like, a big fan of it, you know. I'll get into that. Um, another manga I'm also reading, too, is, um, Nisikoi. Um, pretty much it's called, you know, for, like, ah, I forgot Something love, but pretty much it follows up, you know, Ichi, Raichu, Ichiyo, and Chitoge Kirisaki. Um, pretty much, um, they're he, he is the son of the leader of the Yakuza, and she is the daughter of the head of the mafia. And pretty much, um, the whole story is it's like a romantic comedy. Yeah, I know. I decided to do a romantic comedy, you know, kind of change it up because I'm all, you know, I'm reading ninjas and fighting and. I did my side, you know what, I'm going to read it like, a, like pretty much like a comedy. So I picked it up, you know, it's interesting, you know, it's actually shonen, it's actually, you know, more for boys. Um, and pretty much these two, pretty much, um, apparently, um, Ichigo has his locket. I guess he got this locket from this girl from like 10 years ago, and supposedly he made a promise and this girl had a key. And of course, you know, he's in high school and pretty much he runs to the Chitoge. She's like half American, half Japanese. Doesn't make really good first impression on him. And they get into arguments, they fight, and then they find out that their dads pretty much known each other early on. And of course, the young bucks from both factions are fighting, and they're about to start war. So what? What their their dads, the heads of the both um, gangster groups, pretty much tells them, "Hey, keep pretending to be a uh, boyfriend and girlfriend, just for the sake of you know, you know, just say for the young bucks to get into a fight." Not to start a war, you'll tear up Japan. Of course, they don't like each other. But eventually, I've been reading the manga right now. The manga I think went to twenty five volumes. I'm still, I'm barely on. I just finished this volume six, so I'm so I got to collect volume seven. But basically, you know, it's funny. It's a comedy. And then of course they did an anime adaptation. And I wish they could have kept going. They only did like two seasons, and it was awesome. You know, the anime did gone. They matched the art style of the of the manga artists, and it's really good. Definitely recommend reading the manga and then watch the anime. But of course, anime went, you know, didn't go all the, way, all the way through. I wish they made another season. But pretty much, you know, it, it, there is a live action adaptation that is coming out. It is on its way. And I'm really curious to see how it, how it's done. I mean, I, they showed the first teaser posters for it, and there was like a teaser trailer for it. It looks interesting. But people are, the same thing. It's not our critics. It's not the Japanese critics who criticize, it's the fans here in the U.S. Because now that anime and manga has taken over here in the West, 
And people now criticizing Japanese casting over there. So they're saying, why is Chiktoge not half American, half Japanese? They're going to get somebody there. But you don't realize that those studios are done over there in Japan. So they try to get, you know, the most popular actors that are getting out over there and cast those characters. But they try to stay true to the original work. And, of course, I'm still collecting that, too. Um, and, of course, uh... I also want to deep dive into light novels because not only manga is one of the big things in Japan. There's also other other works, you know, Donchenishi and all that stuff. But that's more like adult stuff type of manga. Usually involves sexual themes and all that stuff. Um, there are ones called light novels, which pretty much is like all text and very few illustrations. And light novels are the same thing too, you know. They gotta write a book. It's the same thing, you know. Um, light novel art, uh, writers um, still have to go to through that process, and sometimes their work can get adapted into a manga. And I bring this one, um, of course. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar. Something called about Sword Art Online. If you guys are not familiar with it, so I started reading that, and um, freaking awesome. I started reading that, and pretty much, you know, it is a. Uh, it was like, I saw the anime first. This was my thing. I saw the anime first. Um, I didn't know. I thought it was an original work. So I wasn't, you know, aware that it was an original. It was an, it was a light novel. I thought it was, you know, it was an anime or something. And, you know, I read it and, you know, I actually enjoyed it. And pretty much, you know, I did that. And, you know, it was interesting. You know, it's like. Well, what happens if you get trapped in the game? That's basically what it is. You get trapped in the game, you know, trying to get out. And pretty much, you know, like, basically this is new game called Sora Online. Everyone goes on it. This starts Kiruto, Kazuto, um, Kazuto Kirigaya, also known by his gamer tag as Kirito. And pretty much, you know, he ends up, you know, he was a beta tester before the game was released. All of a sudden, the first day he launched, everyone was excited. But they find out, he finds out that he can't log out. And of course, the creator of the game, um, who created it, pretty much, you know, said that the only way to clear the game was to defeat all 100 floors. Problem is, if you die in the game, you die in real life. And of course, this takes place in the future, or in the year 20 something, like later, like more years ahead of time. And pretty much, you know, and. And, you know, they're wearing Nerve Gears, which is kind of like a virtual reality. And, of course, we're doing it. We're going through that station now with virtual reality, pretty much with the Oculus Rift or the PSVR and all that stuff. And, um, basically, the Nerve Gears connected to your brain. So, basically, you're controlling your avatar by sending electrical signals to your brain. And, pretty much, if you die in the game, if your HP goes down to zero, pretty much, you know, it'll send a neurological shock to your head and pretty much you'll die. Of course, you know, it, it's like almost like it's action, there's romance in there, you know, there's drama, and pretty much, excuse me, I was getting some water, um, it was a great novel series, and of course it got adapted to anime, you know, like the first arc of Nine Cred, they adapted the Fairy Dance um, arc in the novels for the second part of the first season of Star Online, and of course they did the second season, which focused more... On Gun Game Online, which was the Gun Game Online arc in the books, and of course, uh, Mars Rosario, which pretty much focuses on, you know, Asuna being this girl who ends up having like a big disease, a big, um, terminal disease, who pretty much, pretty much stuck like in a virtual thing, like a medical type of device, and there's no way to cure her. And it's really good, good dramatic thing. 
of course, right now um, they they had like a couple movies. Um, Ordinal Scale was the most recent one, but it's leading up to um, which talks about augmented reality. Of course, we also had that going on, you know, with Pokemon Go and all that. And pretty much, you know, now they announced they're gonna adapt. Uh, they're gonna have a third season, which is gonna focus on the third arc. Um, which is the Alanization arc, which I'm currently reading right now, which focuses on Kirito. Right now, it's up to volume 14 here in the U.S., but it's up to 20 volumes over in Japan. Same thing too, Japan. Here's the first, but of course, it has to go over here and get translated and edited before it gets shipped out to the, pro- the public. So, yeah, I can't wait for that. I'm looking forward to that right now. Basically, that whole arc is, you know, Kirito is working for this company named Wrath. He's testing out, you know, this world that's creating, you know, artificial, you know, AIs. And but he doesn't. He is aware that these AIs are being created for the sole purpose of controlling um, unmanned, you know, military drones. And he gets something happens to him, and he the only way they could save his brain is pretty much put him in the deep dive into this world. And he um, ends up befriending a couple AIs who he feels they're not just AIs; they're also human. It's an interesting arc, you know. I'm definitely re- I'm in the midst of it. I'm pretty much in in the middle of the arc right now, but I can't wait to see how it's a- actually animated and done. I know there's a few teasers. I'm looking forward to it. So that's what I'm reading right now. Now I'm going to touch base with My Hero Academia because it's another manga that pretty much I watched like the first episode of it, and then I and I find out that the manga came out two years before, but the anime came out about two years ago, and I end up going to the store. Or ordering on Amazon and I'm picking up the first volume and pretty much I got hooked. The creator of it is a big DC and Marvel fan. Pretty much his whole inspiration for this series is basically off of the American comic books. And it's awesome because it's very rare superhero type mangas. And pretty much it's awesome. Basically the whole premise is the world. About 80% of the population are born with born these abilities known as quirks. You know, there's a quirk for everything. Invisibility, you know, able to grow tall. You know, shoot fire or um, pretty much shoot water. You know, and they pretty much, you know, these people either get jobs, um, go to school to hone their skills. And one of the best schools is UA Academy. And pretty much there, they go through three years. Of course, in Japanese, they go three years of high school. They get their skills, do like internships. They can go for their license, provisional license, and actually up working for an agency, which of course is funded by the government and get paid. And of course, there's others out there that, you know, that they use their quirks for crime. And of course, you know, the big top hero is All Might. He's like the number one hero. To me, I, I when I see him, he's kind of like almost like the Captain America of, you know, of Japan at that time. Because he has, he's pretty much, I can tell that character is inspired by American Superheroes because all his attacks are like Texas Smash or Detroit Smash and all that stuff. And it's freaking awesome. And of course, you know, and also the main protagonist is known as Suku Midoriya. Who pretty much, you know, he his mom had quirks, his dad has quirks, or her mom has the ability. His mom has the ability to move things, like levitate things. And apparently, his dad knows fire, can blow fire. Problem is, he's one of those rare cases that's really rare that he's born, you know, without quirk. He doesn't have a power, and he finds out at a young age he doesn't have it. All his buddies that he grew up with all have powers, and he doesn't. But overall, he's in middle school. Last year in middle school, um, pretty much he decides, you know what, I'm going to apply to the academy, and which he did. He applies to the academy because he's trying to find a way. He's a big fanboy. It's awesome, awesome. He starts taking notes on these heroes, on these pros, you know, getting their notes, you know, what are their weaknesses, you know, what can they do, their abilities. He keeps like a notebook. See, I think he does it as a way to study. And of course, he's a big All Might fan. And of course, things happen, and I don't want to go do dwell too much. If I want to go dwell, just let 
give you guys some spoilers. I'm going to go give you guys my impression of the first few chapters of the manga. So just warn you guys, fair warning, there's going to be some spoilers. So pretty much like the whole thing is, yeah, he's born quirkless and he has a friend named Kainsuke Bakugo who pretty much like he's kind of like the bully. He wants to be like the number one. And he, you know, they grew up, but all of a sudden, I don't know what happened to the point he snapped at, the, at um, Midoriya, also calls him Deku, which he feels the nickname that he gives him that means he's quirkless or he's useless. And pretty much he gets um, shown up. He thinks he got shown up because, you know, when he finds out in this class, he's going to the Hero Camp, to UA, and he finds out Midoriya's the other one going, and he's like, how can he go? He has no quirks. How can he be a hero if he's quirkless? And of course, All Might, he runs into All Might. Who, who was pursuing a villain and of course you know Midoriya has a fanboy moment and pretty much she tells him hey without powers you know can I really you know can I really you know be a hero without being having powers and of course all my you know shuns my first saying no go home kid or something you can do and of course this incident happens and pretty much Opens up all my eyes, and of course, not knowing that all my pretty much he is like he's hurt. You know, he can't maintain his superpower form all for a while. He can do like an hour or two hours, and then he can easily recharge. Of course, Midoriya finds out right away, and of course, this incident happens. You know, Midoriya, you know, without powers, tries to help out, and of course, opens up a fire, and all my open his eyes, say, "Hey, this kid, you know, he made me see the, you know, I was wrong. That you can't be a hero without powers. So as long as you give up, but as long as you have the desire to help people, you can do it." And of course, he ends up saying, "You're gonna inherit, you know, my power, one for all." And of course, in order to maintain one for all, he has to go through this extreme training regimen, which is kind of like kind of cool. You know, reading it, you know, he gets trained. And he's able to do a little bit of it, and he does all these tasks for Oma. Oma has him on a really heavy schedule. You know, he has to eat this, lift that, clean up the beach, all that fun stuff. And eventually, Midoriya ends up going to the academy, meets a couple of characters. You know, my favorite, you know, female character right now is Ochako Oraka. You know, she's kind of like, you know, that she's awesome. You know, it's like she's not the typical waifu anime girl that people don't expect to like, and you know, for some reason, I like her. Um, to me, I see her as like the girl next door, or you know, one you can be really best friends with. Eventually, around you know, be a romantic link. So it's really fun. You know, definitely recommend the manga. Until yeah, I started watching the anime right now. The manga wise, I'm up to volume thirteen right now. Fourteen is supposed to come out next month, and pretty much it's like the second part of the the testing arc right now, the provisional license arc. Um. So that's what's going on right now in the in the anime right now. They're in their third season. They just did the, the, the training camp. They did the whole one for all, all might versus uh, all for one. And right now they're doing the provisional licensing arc. I don't know how long the season is going, but hopefully they go to that. Hopefully they're have, going to have to stop at, stop at one point because sometimes with animes, what happens is um. They tend to go ahead more than what the manga is. And then they have to give time for, you know, them to catch up to the manga or the manga's way ahead. And of course, it's like One Piece is to me. One, I, I'm watching One Piece also. And that's one of the longest mangas right now because that manga started like in 97. Then the anime came out in 99. And right now it's still going. And then pretty much right now, I think they talked recently to the manga, the creator of One Piece. He said right now he's up about 80% done with the story. 80% done. So who knows how many years he's got, but he's still going. But he says he's about 80% done. So basically the manga is like, 
ahead of the anime, and the anime is trying to get all this stuff down out of the way so they can get to the next arc that the manga currently is, which is the one arc. Right now, they're currently in the Whole Cake Island arc right now, and it's like, people are like, oh, when's this going to happen? So now this comes to my next topic is why, you know, some anime adaptations of manga are different. There's certain things they'll do. It's either a manga is so long or the artist is still doing it, Either they want to keep going at it. It also depends. Like, animes also depends on how long we keep going. You know, and some of those animes will get canceled. Like, they'll just do a few episodes to wrap it up. It's just like TV shows over here in the U.S. Um, if a show's not going to be for a season, and it's barely this part of the season, they're going to start, like, finishing off. So they'll just do a wrap-up series finale. Just to wrap it up, if it's not going to get renewed for another season. So that's what happens here when it comes to anime. Pretty much, um, same thing. It, like, an anime can last like 13 episodes, and who knows when they're going to another season. I don't know, because based on, you know, I don't know how the ratings are in Japan, but, um, it's really interesting. Um, like I said, for example, like Fairy Tale. Fairy is a good example because the anime, you know, went for so many seasons and now people are waiting. And of course, Fairy Tale just ended about last year. They just finished, the, the artist just finished it because it was been on hey, The studio who does the anime was on hiatus because I guess they were waiting for the manga artist to finish it off and he finally finished it off. So now they announced this year that they're going to release the final season of Fairy Tale, which I believe is going to be in the fall. I can't wait for that. Big fan of Fairy Tale. Same thing with, like, Dragon Ball Super, you know. Dragon Ball Super was an original, like, it's, I would say it's canon because Toriyama was brought in to write it and design characters for the anime. First, it came out as movies before the anime was announced. They came out with, you know, Battle of the Gods, which introduced the character of Beerus and Whis. And, of course, they came out with Resurrection F, which brought back Frieza to the Dragon Ball canon. And now they decided to come out with Super because now there's Super Saiyan God, there's a new form of Super Saiyan, and now it's been announced later this year we're going to get Broly. Broly's going to be introduced in a canon, which not only the movie is going to go back to the Saiyans, but give a little backstory to Broly. So now Broly, who's an original character, who was depicted as this like, strong, you know... On remorse, on no remorse type of person who, like a Saiyan that was super strong and he even took a while Goku for a while to beat him up but now they're adding him to the canon so I'm kind of curious to see how they adapt you know Broly into the canon which, and also you know do a little back thing to the pretty much pretty much to do that and um and, you know how the Saiyans came to be it's like a little knock to the Saiyans and also to to Broly. So I can't wait for that. And of course, uh, My Hero Academia is coming out with Two Heroes, which is basically an original work. Like I said, you know, when they do um, movie adaptations of an anime, they are, you know, they try to, you know, add original characters, a new plot, like an original plot, but of course, the, the manga artist is still, like, executive producer of the movie. And of course, and they help, you know, create designs for the new characters that are going to be introduced just in the movie. That doesn't mean they're not going to be in the manga, they're not going to be mentioned. But it's another way for the publishers to get additional revenue. So they're coming out with two heroes, which I believe it's like, you know, it supposedly it takes place like, I don't know, after the exams. I'm not sure how they fit it in there, but I believe it's after the sports festival. But 
like some Midorian, all of them are his friends, our classmates are invited to this like theme park or some park or something. They went to a garage, it's all based on the trailer, and of course, apparently they get trapped back in time. And of course, they see like All Might in his, you know, prime, like a young All Might. You can actually see his eyes. It's really cool. I can't wait. I think supposing September they're going to have it come here in the U.S. for theaters. That's awesome how they're adding like these anime movie premieres in, in here in the U.S. You know, like even a month after it comes out in Japan, they're actually going to bring it over here in the U.S. It's freaking awesome. Definitely want to go see that movie. I can't wait for one day they're going to announce when tickets are going to be sale. Hopefully where I live, they'll bring it in. So, like I said... My Hero Academia is definitely recommend reading the manga and then watch the anime because it's a really true adaptation of the work. And like I said, there's a lot of few animes out there that are true to the original work. Um, definitely um, get Verve. You know, recommend Verve if you like dub and sub. If you just like sub, definitely, definitely um, subscribe to Crunchyroll. I know Hulu has some anime. And I've got all the ones that Crunchyroll helps to like, produce. Like there's new ones called Cells at Work I started watching, which basically is like a... Telling of, you know, like an exaggeration of what goes on in your body. You know, it's got the cute red blood cell girl. She's a female red blood cell. It's hilarious. And then the white blood cells are going to depict that as these warriors and stuff. Then you got these platelets are depicted as little elementary school kids wearing construction hats. And it's kind of cute. Um, I'm reading that. I'm watching that. And, of course, um, there's um, How Not to Summon a Demon Lord. There's these new animes coming out that, you know, it's really interesting. Yeah, maybe I should go back and probably pick up the manga. So, like I said, um, definitely recommend manga. You know, if you want to get into anime, definitely recommend manga. You know, go to your local bookstore and just look. And look at the manga that you feel that fits right for you. There's, like, different genres that each manga focuses on. There's, like, supernatural. There's romance. There's, you know, shoujo, which pretty much... You know, appeals to girls or shonen appeals to guys, to boys. Um, there's you know fighting. There's like I said, romantic, romantic. There's comedy ones. There's action. There's like science ones that makes you think. There's ones based on video games. You know, there's many, many different types of manga out there. Like I said, all it takes for you guys to go out there and you know go to a local bookstore, comic book store. Sometimes comic book store starts selling manga. That's interesting. But you can even go on Amazon, you know, order the manga in there. You know, it's up to you guys. Um, I'm not... The ones I mentioned, you know, it's up to you if you want to start that. But that's how I started my path through manga. And it all started with Dragon Ball. I started with that. And right now I'm collecting manga, I'm collecting comics, and I'm still doing that thing right now. And, you know, that also brought me back to anime. So definitely, you know, it's up to you guys. But if, I wanna, if you're into superheroes, definitely recommend My Hero Academia. Um, if you're into, like, cooking and all this stuff, I recommend reading the manga Food Wars. Definitely read that one. Um, I forgot there's other ones out there, um, that are interesting that, you know, there's Tokyo Ghoul, that's a, that's a work. Sometimes there are light novels, um, there's some out there, I'm trying to remember some light novels I definitely do recommend. Can't think of the titles right now, but like I said, go to local bookstore and just look. and find the right one for you. And you see the anime, you're like, hey, um, and you find out it's based on the manga. Definitely pick up the manga. If you watch the anime, that's fine. Watch the anime, but, you know, pick up the manga. Because you'd probably be more interested because, you know, if there's like, you know, a break, in, if they're going to do another season and you want you want to wait, definitely pick up the manga because that way you can catch up before the season begins. So that way you can catch up and that way you'll be excited. You know, hey, this is going to happen. I can't wait to see how they animated this. You know, I'm really excited. Definitely do that. Like I said, um... If you're just going to go just for anime purposes, just, you know, 
there's some good animes out there. Definitely check out Hulu, Netflix. I know Netflix is trying to add like a lot of regional animes. Also, Crunchyroll, Funimation. There's many different out there. But Verve basically has like both. Um, for one rate, that's definitely good. Um, it also has some other channels on there. So, but that's pretty much you know what I got for you guys today. Um, like I said, um, make sure to tune into like the past episodes of the Talking Pop. Um, hopefully Biko will be back to join me for another topic we decided to talk about. Like I said, this um, podcast is pretty much on pop culture. Not only we talk about manga, but we talk about other things like music and all that stuff. Full French, we talk about music. We do movie reviews. You know, anything that comes to mind will be seeing the world of pop culture. If you guys have any suggestions or topics, um, you can, like I said, subscribe to the podcast. It's on Podbean. Um, that probably pretty much is like the YouTube of podcasts. Um, I'm working, trying to find a way to get this podcast to like iTunes or Google Play. I believe if I go to the full site, it actually helps you get the algorithm out there. Um, I am, so like I said, if you guys have any topics, I do have a Facebook page, which is in facebook.com slash franchise network. And pretty much I'll put the links to the podcast in that page. But if you have like any topics that you want me and Beagle discuss, or if it's just me, like I said, feel free to share. Um, my podcast is an open forum. I'm not sponsored. So pretty much I'm not trying to sell you guys anything. This is a free podcast. I'm not charging you guys to listen. Like I said, this is a free podcast. I do this because I like to talk about, you know, stuff that's in my mind that, you know, I want to share with you guys. I also have a vlog. It's called The Franchise Talks, which pretty much is like a diary and pretty much, you know, go talk about stuff that's going on in my life when it comes to, like, pop culture. Um, like I said, you can follow me on Twitter, at the franchise 85 You can tweet me, you know, questions or, you know, topic ideas. And use the hashtag, use the hashtag TalkPop next to it. May I'll mention you on the show. And I'll mention you a shout out and I'll answer your question. Or you know, hearing the topic that you guys want, make sure you tune in. Um, usually after I'm done recording, I usually publish this podcast afterwards. So check it out on Podbean. Like I said, it's podbean.com. Search for The Talking Pop. That's all I got for you guys today. As always, geek on and take care. <laughs>